Prince Harry is under pressure to quit a charity over rape allegations. Kate Middleton and King Charles are out of hospital and Harry and Meghan visit Jamaica. I'm Jack Royston, Newsweek's Chief Royal Correspondent, and this is Newsweek's Royal Report. Hello listeners and welcome to the show. Prince Harry has spoken with pride in the past about his role with conservation charity African Parks and he's praised its model for conservation, specifically stating that it puts people first. However, uh, the organisation has now been hit with allegations that its rangers raped, beat and tortured indigenous tribes people in the Republic of Congo. So this is obviously hugely concerning, very serious allegations. This organization runs huge areas of forest on behalf of governments. Uh, the message tends to be that the way they function is they catch poachers uh, to stop them from killing protected wildlife species, to protect the environment from the evils of this kind of multi-million dollar trade. Um, and at the same time, they talk about kind of promoting education and jobs for the local community and all kind of things that sound very good and positive in a sort of Western context. You know, who doesn't love jobs and education? And it's kind of all presented as very positive, but the pressure group Survival International, which advocates for indigenous people, has a very different take on it. Or they say that the Baka tribe in the Odzala Kokua National Park are hunter-gatherers who for thousands of years have lived off the land by foraging for fruit and hunting animals. And that now they're being driven to starvation, basically, by these rangers who won't let them into the forest where they've traditionally gathered food. And these are the rangers working for for uh, African parks where Harry, he was the president for a number of years. He's now on the board of directors. So in the process of policing this situation, uh, Survival International and Baka tribes people have said that the rangers have, uh, have committed human rights abuses, including rape, violence and torture. Um, it's a story that broke in the mail on Sunday. Um, their reporter travelled out to the Congo and spoke to some backer people, including a woman called Ella Ene, who says her husband was out hunting when a ranger came to her house in the night and ordered her into the forest, saying, I'll shoot you. Um, she had a two-month-old baby who was too young to leave alone, so she, uh, she took her baby with her, basically, and she told the male, I was holding my baby while being raped and trying to protect him. My first reaction had been to protect my baby. It was very violent. Um, another back a teenager thought to be around 16 or 18 years old was um, allegedly groomed for sex by a ranger. Um, other men were whipped or had hot wax poured over their backs. Uh, this is all according to Survival International and the Mail on Sunday. Um, so I spoke to uh, Survival's group, uh, campaign director, Fiora Longo, who told me she personally wrote to Harry and Meghan at the end of May in 2023 to warn them of these allegations. And she shared that letter with me, along with a video testimony from a backer man, which she sent to the Sussexes. So Longo told me that she was initially encouraged by Harry's response because he wrote back quite quickly in June saying he was escalating the allegations to the chief executive who then got in touch with the charity and was asking for more information. However, two things then happened. One, a stalemate appears to have ensued between the two organisations because African Parks want Survival to provide their sources for these allegations. But, the, but Survival say, well, they can't in good conscience do that when backer people have said they fear retribution if they come forward. They, uh, there are apparently examples where rangers have gone in and sought retribution. Um, second, though, Longo told me she was very surprised to then see in the news in October that Harry had been promoted from president to a member of the board of directors at African Parks. 
Uh, she said, I was positive because he seems like he really cares about the issue and he was worried. It was a prompt response. So it was for me a positive reply. It was when we started engaging with the CEO of African Parks. Then we found out that Harry had been jo- had joined the board of directors at the end of October and I was quite shocked. Before he had an honorary title, it was symbolic. I watched the Netflix series and thought he will care about the backer because he's so outspoken on racism and things that until now were not being said in the royal family. So I was positive and we thought that he was going to do something. If he says something, that that can make a difference. But then, when he joined the board of directors, that is the legal representative body. It has the governance of the organisation. That's when we thought, why is he joining the board of an organisation that we have just told him as human rights abuses, and which the CEO hasn't been very helpful. It was then that we thought we would need to go public. So now, Survival International as an organisation is calling for Prince Harry to resign from African Parks to pressure the organisation into changing. So that statement reads, Prince Harry can help stop this violent injustice by taking a stand against African Parks and fortress conservation right now. As someone who has taken a high-profile stand against racism, his actions could help bring real change for the backer and other indigenous people suffering conservation-related abuse. Essentially, though, uh, what they want is more than just the prosecution of individual rangers for human rights abuses. They want the backer people to be granted access to the forest again so they can live off the land foraging for food, and that may, of course, mean hunting too. So from Harry's point of view, it's a huge problem because he is a director now of this organisation which brings him closer to the core decision-making functions, and this is a unresolved situation. Allegations have been made. There is an investigation that was launched by African Park. Um, that is ongoing, but equally they were told about this kind of... Well, uh, actually, Survival International say that they have been telling African parks about this, taking back, you know, 10-odd years. Uh, the latest allegations were given to Prince Harry and African parks, you know, absolute latest, at the end of May, and it's still unresolved. This remains an unresolved problem. So that is a huge issue for this version of Harry that he's projected to the world that is socially conscious, that it believes in social justice and that demands positive change in the world. Part of the big picture allegation here is that there's a colonial racist dimension to the way that these conservation organisations operate and often, uh, including in this circumstances, with Western money. Longo's letter to Harry and Meghan reads, The scale and volume of violent intimidation, land theft, torture and rape make clear that this is not aberrant behaviour by a few individuals, but a widespread and systematic pattern of abuse. It arises from abusive colonialist and racist structures. Many conservation organisations adhere to a colonialist model of fortress conservation, in which indigenous peoples, far from being recognised as the best conservationists, are evicted from their ancestral land to make way for parks and kept out by paramilitary-trained guards leading to terrible human rights violations. So this really is the bit that takes um, horrible allegations, you know, and it really doesn't get much worse than rape and torture, but then makes this even more tragic and heartbreaking um, because Longo says that at the same time as backer people 
are being denied access to the forests that have sustained their tribe for thousands of years. There are also rainforest lodges where tourists can stay for up to around $12,000. And that, to me, is just jaw-dropping. It's like they're not even trying to be the good guys. Um, If you're going to prevent indigenous tribes from accessing the forest for food, surely you cannot let tourists in to splash huge sums of money to create some kind of uh, dream rainforest experience without passing on that money to the tribes people. Um, One other aspect here, though, is that, you know, maybe Prince William might want to just pay a little bit of close attention here because he obviously has involvement in conservation organizations as well. Um, Survival International appears to have a kind of much broader uh, criticism to make of the way that conservation is practiced in the 21st century that doesn't only relate to African parks. Um, I'm not aware of any current allegations against any of William's projects. There may well be none. No doubt that's entirely possible. Um, But the big picture dispute here may have some relevance beyond the Congo, just in terms of the need to respect local tribespeople and not view them as part of the problem. And William did get in trouble previously at a gala of the Tusk Awards, sorry, over comments he made about the impact of the human population on uh, conservation in Africa. Um, So it might just be worth him just keeping a little bit of an eye on this issue and seeing where it goes. Um, So far, though, there is no sign of Prince Harry standing down from African parks at the point of this recording. And an Archwell spokesperson said when the Duke became aware of these serious allegations, he immediately escalated them to the CEO and chairman of the board of African parks, the appropriate people to handle next steps. Um, African Parks themselves have also issued a lengthy statement from the Board of Directors and Chief Executive, uh, which reads, We are aware of the serious allegations regarding human rights abuses by eco-guards against local people living adjacent to Odzala Kukua National Park in the Republic of Congo, which have recently received media attention. We became aware of these allegations last year via a board member who received a letter from Survival International. We immediately launched an investigation through an external law firm based on the information we had available while also urging Survival International to provide any and all facts they had. It's unfortunate that they have chosen not to cooperate despite repeated requests and we continue to ask for their assistance. This is an active ongoing investigation that is our highest priority as an organisation and we encourage anyone with knowledge of any abuses to report them to us or to the Congolese law enforcement authorities, which will assist with the investigation and ensure that the perpetrators of any abuses are brought to justice. Well, on that note, I'm going to take a quick break. But before I do, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your favourite shows. When I'm back, there's good royal health news for Kate and Charles. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. The Princess of Wales and the King are both out of hospital. Kate had abdominal surgery on January the 16th and is continuing her recovery in Windsor at her Adelaide cottage home. Charles was in for a procedure on an enlarged prostate and is also still recovering. He will reschedule engagements to allow him to take some time out out of work, even after being released from hospital, basically. A Kensington Palace statement on Monday read, The Princess of Wales has returned home to Windsor to continue her recovery from surgery. She is making good progress. The Prince and Princess wish to say a huge thank you to the entire team at the London Clinic, especially the dedicated nursing staff, for the care they have provided. The Wales family continues to be grateful for the well wishes they have received from around the world. So this is all within those kind of, that kind of initial original time frame we were given for how long to expect that Kate would be in hospital. Um, so that's just, I suppose, that everything so far seems to be okay and going to according to plan. So uh, lots there to be grateful for for her supporters. And it's obviously great news that the statement says she's making good progress. That will be hugely encouraging. And the last, you know, the last thing she needs. Uh, is some kind of complication, some setback, infection, something like that, uh, that would hinder her recovery. Um, So obviously, it's great that everything seems to be going well so far. Um, This will also give her a chance to see her children again on a daily basis. No doubt, I'm sure there have been Zoom calls and things like that. Um, But it will uh, be, I'm sure, a huge relief for George, Charlotte and Louis to have mum back in the house and to see her on a regular basis. You know, they'll be getting up in the same house as her tomorrow morning. um, And it, it will just restore some of that routine, even though she maybe will still be in that recuperation phase. She might not be as hands-on with them as she was before the operation. She may be more less likely to do the school run. I'm sure she won't be doing that for a little while, but she will be there in the house and they can interact with her face-to-face and just kind of be, uh, be in person with her, which I'm sure will be fantastic for them. Um, and yeah, a little slice of normality returning. Um, now, originally, we were told not to expect Kate back at work until after Easter, which implied a pretty substantial period of rest from home. Um, we weren't given any major update on time frame, so we can only assume that's still the plan. I'm sure it probably is. They have, though, suggested that maybe they'll get some medical advice close to the time, so that's just it could even actually wind up being longer. I would not bet any money on Kate being back at work early. I think that they will be hugely cautious here. They'll just want to make sure that they have done everything they can to make sure that she's okay and ready to get back to work. We will just have to wait to Easter to find out, I think. Uh, One interesting question, though, is whether she will decide at some point to do a kind of video message or even some pictures just to put people's minds at ease. The social media commentary over the weekend was horrendous, in my opinion, which is perhaps no surprise. It frequently is. Um, But people were speculating all kinds of horrible things about Kate, um, why she was out so long. And there were kind of gossipy news stories from websites with no real authority or repute that people were sharing on social media. And it all, in all honesty, felt a little bit like history repeating itself after the various mean things that were said about Princess Diana during her time as a royal. 
Now, I'm not going to sully this podcast by repeating it all. It was obviously completely unfounded speculation, and some of it has even already been proved wrong by the fact that Kate has been discharged from hospital. But obviously, this is the kind of thing um, we've seen Harry and Meghan hit with during long periods out of the public eye. We don't usually get long periods of absence for William and Kate beyond the kind of the fact that they go to Balmoral for their summer holiday in August and the fact that they're at Sandringham and it goes a bit quiet over Christmas and early January. Apart from that, we don't get these kind of really long periods where they're out of the limelight. Um, so this is an opportunity now to see how what happens when they have that, um, when they're not doing the regular engagements. Harry and Meghan mostly kept their heads down for the first half of 2023, um, except for a, a kind of awards gala that they went to in New York. And this uh, kind of vacuum of news and photos led to wild speculation about their marriage. People saying it was on the rocks, that they had already secretly started getting a divorce. Even like numbers were flying around for how much their divorce was supposed to be worth. Um, And it only really went quiet when they started appearing in public again. You know, people who even people who had been telling them to go away and, you know, shut up and stop uh, having stop having a go at the royals and all the rest of it were just incessantly speculating for the entire duration of time that they were out of the limelight and it wasn't until they came back that that all stopped now obviously the ridiculous opinions of social media trolls are best simply ignored but who knows perhaps a time may come when kate and the palace decide that it is worth releasing something maybe not even because of those trolls but just to put people's minds at ease a first picture perhaps or a first video just something to reassure people then you may, who knows, I mean, you might even get uh, photographers kind of camping out in Windsor hoping to catch the first pictures of Kate uh, since she was discharged from hospital, in which case if you just release that picture, then it takes some of the heat out of the uh, desire that freelance photographers might have to try and, to try and capture that image. Kate, of course, hasn't been seen since Christmas, so her fans would, I'm sure, also love to uh, be able to see for themselves that she is no doubt doing fantastically, as the palace statement has suggested. Um, There's also Charles. So Buckingham Palace said in a statement, the king was this afternoon discharged from hospital following planned medical treatment and has rescheduled forthcoming public engagements to allow for a period of private recuperation. His Majesty would like to thank the medical team and all those involved in supporting the hospital visit uh, and is grateful for all the kind messages he has received in recent days. So great that Charles is out too. It could still be a long wait, though, before normal service resumes for the monarchy. Um, Now, the palace position has so far been that he will continue to serve as constitutional duties, so that means no need for councillors of state as they're known to act on the king's behalf, basically. So This is useful for the palace, basically, because there's been this whole debate in recent years about the fact that Prince Andrew and Prince Harry are technically both still councillors of state. Now, as is Camilla, um, as is Princess Anne, so I'm sure it would never have come to requiring uh, Harry and Andrew. But needless to say, the fact that no councillors of state are being used to act as king while he is recuperating... Um, will prevent a kind of major debate about that issue coming to the surface. 
Um, Charles, you know, he'll clearly be able to continue doing paperwork. That means he will be able to continue doing things like giving uh, acts of parliament, giving bills, uh, royal assent, which is part of his constitutional function. Any bill passed by parliament has to be kind of rubber stamped, we call it, by, by the king. Um, it's, it would be unheard of for him to refuse to do it. It's just a, a formality, but he, it has to be done by the king. So he will no doubt be able to continue doing that. Um, but, you know, the fact that they're both out of hospital, it moves on to a new stage. Um, it, and we are closer. Every every new stage brings us closer to business as usual. Um, and on that note, I'm going to take one more quick break. But before I do, a reminder to follow me on X or Twitter. Um, I'm at Jack underscore Royston. You will find all my latest stories for Newsweek. And when I'm back, Harry and Meghan cozy up to a politician who gave Prince William and Kate Middleton a bumpy ride. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook, with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi everyone and welcome back to the show. Prince Harry and Meghan were on the red carpet last week for the premiere of the new Bob Marley biopic One Love, which was released by Paramount Pictures. The film was screened in Kingston, Jamaica, and Harry and Meghan flew in for the privilege. They were photographed alongside some very interesting people. That included the chief executive of Paramount and Nickelodeon, a man called Brian Robbins, and his wife Tracy James. So straight off the bat there, you've got a potential conversation about whether there could be a deal with Paramount on the cards in the future. Also Nickelodeon making kids shows. You know, Megan had Pearl, the kids TV show she was making with David Furnish, cancelled by Netflix. So who's to say she won't try to do something there? Um, then they were photographed being very friendly with Andrew Holness, the Prime Minister of Jamaica, and some other senior politicians, including involved in the country potentially becoming a republic. Now, Prince William and Kate Middleton had a very different experience with Andrew Holness back in March 2022. He told them live on camera that the government wanted to remove the monarchy. Um, so let's deal with Paramount first. Obviously, Harry and Meghan had a messy breakup with Spotify in June, to say the least. They were described as grifters by an executive at, at the streaming giant, um, and they produced only one podcast, Meghan's uh, 12 episode, I think, series Archetypes. Um, and then their Netflix deal, which has borne significantly more fruit, is thought to also be kind of winding down to its natural conclusion. Um, so they have been in need of a new direction and a new purpose in life. Uh, they could do with signing a new deal or announcing something new or having something concrete uh, that they can kind of tell people about and get people excited about. We know they may be adapting Carly Fortune's book, Meet Me at the Lake, which is a kind of romance novel, but it sounds like that was acquired for them by Netflix. 
and it doesn't actually feel all that Harry and Meghan, if truth be told. So it would be good to see some new energy from them, something that they're clearly very excited about. Um, obviously, just because you've been photographed on the red carpet with someone, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to sign with them. Um, there has to be agreement on both sides. You have to both agree on the terms. And who knows, maybe the Paramount boss was just being polite. But it's entirely possible nothing will come out of it. But it's still, I think, quite good to see them networking and getting out there. They have actually done remarkably little of that classic Hollywood thing going to parties, networking, seeing and being seen and being photographed with people. We did see more of it in 2023, but even then nowhere near as much as I expected when they first launched themselves as TV producers. They still have not done an LA red carpet together. Um, And that's kind of bonkers to me. Um, But it it was not just Hollywood moves happening. Harry and Meghan obviously were seen and being very friendly with Andrew Holness, the Prime Minister of Jamaica, who is preparing to offer Jamaicans a vote on whether to remove King Charles as head of state. So it's not known exactly what was said between them, but it all looked more good-natured than when William and Kate visited Jamaica in 2022 during what came to be known as their disaster tour. Um, there were protests against them, a couple of very unfortunate photo ops, which looked kind of very colonial. One was them greeting children through the holes in a wire mesh fence. Another was uh, them standing upright in a Land Rover as they were driven past troops. So also this moment with the prime minister, uh, when William and Kate were basically told in person by Andrew Holmes as the TV cameras were rolling that Jamaica was moving on from the monarchy and that their presence there had triggered these debates, i.e. the protests, which had focused everybody's attention and minds on that task. Now, this was all particularly awkward because the tour was officially in honour of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. So there was no way around the fact that it was supposed to be a celebration of the monarchy and precious little had been done by Kensington Palace to try to kind of prepare the ground for how the tour would be received internationally. So, you know, as I think I said at the time on this very podcast, in politics in a situation like this, you would do what's known as expectation management. So, in other words, you would kind of tell people this is going to be really difficult. You'd probably even over-egg the pudding and say the protests will be horrific, etc., etc., to kind of get people used to the idea that um, it's not going to be an easy ride. And then they can be pleasantly surprised when it turns out to be less controversial than um, than suggested. Whereas the way that Kensington Palace went into it was very much to present it as though William and Kate were on holiday. Um, I'm sure that was done out of a desire to promote tourism in, in Jamaica and the Caribbean. But needless to say, it just was very jarring next to the conversation that was actually happening on the ground in Jamaica. So, the pictures and video clips that did the rounds on Twitter of Harry and Meghan last week may have made for very uncomfortable viewing by William and Kate. Um, But this was also one of those situations where there was a massive overreaction from the UK press, and that probably kind of actually didn't help things either, because I think it just drew loads more attention onto the story, which was effectively like it was a bad PR day for William and Kate, I suppose. And kind of pouring more fuel on the fire only draws more attention to an event that they would probably rather have quietly forgotten. So Harry was accused of insensitivity to Charles because he met, you know, Holness is a politician who the the British papers framed as being anti-monarchy, which I think actually baffled a lot of Jamaican media commentators because they were saying basically the issue wasn't 
disliking Charles as a person. Uh, the issues that Jamaica has with the monarchy is about seeing the crown as a relic of this painful imperial past. So the press added an extra layer by pointing out that this all happened while Charles and Kate were in hospital. So they were kind of adding an extra kind of offence to these stories by saying, you know, even at this terrible time, Harry is behaving in this insensitive way. So I don't think Harry and Meghan need to be too worried about the fact that they went to this event or that they met the Prime Minister. I mean, it would be crazy to blank the Prime Minister of the country you're visiting um, because of the fact that he wants to remove the King's head of state. I mean, no other royal would do that. There's just no way Charles or William would ever do that. They would conduct themselves with dignity and good grace, and they would be warm and friendly with a politician who wanted to be warm and friendly with them. Um, But I guess maybe Harry could try to say something publicly about Charles's prostate procedure. I think that actually potentially would be a good move. There was another dimension, though, to the comparisons with William and Kate, though, which was that Harry was filmed hugging Ziggy Marley. So uh, this amused some Sussex supporters on social media because William and Kate posed with a cardboard cutout of Bob Marley during their visit to Trenchtown. Um, this was like where Bob Marley used to live. It's a big, uh, it's a very famous neighborhood in Kingston for anybody who hasn't heard of it. It's obviously a place that resonates hugely through reggae music, even beyond Bob Marley. Um, and while William and Kate were there, it was the same day that they were kind of photographed trying to greet these children through the holes in this wire mesh fence. Um, so I think for a lot of Harry and Meghan supporters, it was like, you know, William and Kate were left posing with the cardboard cutout version while Harry got to kind of embrace Ziggy Marley, Bob Marley's son in the flesh. I wanted to get a Jamaican take on all of this. Um, so I spoke to Professor Rosalie Hamilton, who was involved in organising the protests against William and Kate, and she was also at the premiere. Now, she told me Harry and Meghan were whisked in and out so fast that most of the audience didn't even realise they were there. Um, she felt that Jamaicans definitely sympathised with Meghan and she and felt that Meghan was a victim of racism in the royal family. Um, but the Advocates Network, which is the campaign group that Rosalie is part of, um, they believe that the photo calls of Andrew Holness and the Sussexes were a bit of a kind of distraction from the fact that the Jamaican government hasn't, in her eyes, done anywhere near enough to lay the groundwork for a proper debate on which way the country should vote in a referendum on removing the monarchy. Um, needless to say, though, for Harry and Meghan, I think they finished this appearance on a gloriously hot night in Jamaica with a good round of positive PR alongside the usual criticisms. It's very important, I think, to be able to distinguish between negative headlines you have to listen to and those you don't. I think a batch of negative headlines um, are just a symptom of the fact some British newspapers will just always criticise Harry and Meghan. They'll criticise everything they do that's kind of baked in. Um, The only take home really is that maybe it could be worth Harry if he hasn't already reaching out to Charles privately to talk about health. You know, he may have done that. He may have offered to the king to say, you know, I could release a statement um, expressing my sympathy. Uh, And maybe the king said no. Uh, You you know, if if Charles had said no to something like that, it would be impossible for them to do it. Um, And that kind of highlights that this is sort of the deal with Harry and Meghan is that the same commentators who tell them to keep quiet all the time and to not make everything about them will then get angry when they do keep quiet and don't make it all about them. You can't kind of have it both ways. You just sort of have to pick what you want them to do. Um, And if they release release a statement, they'd be criticised. So 
I think really it's it's a very finely balanced thing. I think if they haven't already, they should probably reach out to Charles, try to speak to him, sound him out on whether he would welcome a public statement, and then if he would, just do something super simple along the lines, you know, expressing uh, some relief that it's all gone well and wishing him a speedy recovery and just keep it super short and super simple and then move on. Um, but perhaps also they could consider whether it's possible to try and find some time to come back to Britain to see Charles in person and show some support that way. And that would obviously also create more of an opportunity to kind of heal past wounds. Um, and on that note, that is it for this week's episode of The Royal Report. Be sure to join me every week when I visit the latest royal headlines, embark on some royal deep dives and riff on all things royal. Until next time, I'm Jack Royston. Thanks for listening, everyone, and a curtsy to you all.